the Keith Major Show. All the people know, straight from Hawaii, for all you need for sure. From news and local events, music and much more. With the Keith Major Show, we give you so much more. What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome back to the Keith Major Show. It's been a minute, my apologies, but I'm back to podcasting. Me and the fam relocated, so I had my makeshift studio dismantled, but now we are all reassembled and ready to go. So, what's been up, good people, since last we chatted? 2020, man, this is just not that year. Man, everybody's dying. We got the COVID. We got crazy politics, hurricanes, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong in 2020. And I'm sure that you will agree with me when I say I am so ready for 2020 to be over so we can roll into 2021 and just clear the slate and start fresh. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode. We're going to finish off the stocks for newbies, Um, and today we're going to talk strategy. Um, I'm going to give you some tips, my personal tips, for how to strategize your stock purchases. We'll go through a little bit of news, current events, and then since it's been so long, we'll just go through a market overview to kind of get ourselves mentally prepared and ready to talk money and finance and market and stocks um so let's have a music break and then we'll come back we'll dive right into it ladies and gentlemen thank you for dialing in once again i am back don't call it a comeback i've been here for years ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the keith major show
finance, current events, and political commentary. You're listening to The Keith Major Show, a podcast recorded live in Honolulu, Hawaii. And now, here's your host, Keith Major. Okay, welcome back to The Keith Major Show. Today is September 26th. And where are we right now in the market? So the stock market benchmarks move higher, pushing past an earlier weakness uh, in the week. The stocks were kind of weak in the beginning of the week, but they picked up about Wednesday, Thursday, and then they ended Friday on a positive note. However, the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the S&P 500 remained on track to log a fourth straight weekly loss as worries grow over the economic outlook in the absence of renewed aid from Washington. Jitters over the election in November because the president has been talking crazy and you can't forget about COVID-19. It's still out there. You know, crazy old Ron DeSantis down there. I don't know what that guy doing, but these combinations of things, man, got people nervous in the market. So, what are the benchmarks doing? The Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 200 points or 0.8%. It was around 27,000 while the S&P 500 advanced 34 points or 1% to around 3,200. Well above its correction level of 3,222. I don't know about well above, but it was above. Um... A drop of at least 10% is when people start to panic. Um, So people are watching the markets closely. The NASDAQ Composite Index was higher by 176 points. That was 1.7% at about 10,800. And it's on track to eke out a gain um, for the week. Let's check the markets again on Monday. Stocks rose on Wednesday, like I said, after a shaky start. The Dow gained 52 points or 0.2%. 0.2%, not a whole lot, but it counts. The S&P rose 9.67 points or 0.3%. It still counts as growth, but not much. The NASDAQ composite finished at 32.46, up 9.67 points or 0.3%. So you can see all of the markets were slightly up but not by much. So, of note, cruise stocks, remember those? Remember those cruise stocks? Surged at the end of the week to lead the S&P 500 gainers um, after those stocks had turned bullish. Remember, I said, I don't think cruises are going away. So, cruise operator stocks surged Friday to pace the S&P 500's gainers. Um... The industry has reached a post-COVID-19 inflection point, um, or so they think. They think they are past the worst part of the COVID, so they are looking positively ahead to the future. Um, Norwegian Cruise Lines shot up 11.5%. Carnival Cruise Lines increased 8.9%. And Royal Caribbean stock came in third with a gain of 7 Um, Of note, the Centers for Disease Control 
has a statement coming out on September 30th, and they're going to uh, address cruises in America with respect to COVID-19. So there's a lot of imp- anticipation of what the CDC might say. But again, the cruise industry thinks they're past the rough patch, so they're looking positive. So this anticipation is why you see the upswing in the cruise line stocks um personally i think is highly likely that the cdc will extend the date again um i don't see them giving the cruise lines a complete reprieve i think they'll just push the date from september 30th maybe definitely past the election that seems to be everybody's magic number but i'm even going to go to the first quarter of 2021 um, which is not really that far off, but I think that's what the CDC will do. That seems like the safe bet. So expect those comments from the agency. Look in the headlines on the news. I'm sure you see something. I'm sure you hear the president tweet about it. But that expectation could drive the stock price next week and the week after. Um, year to date, shares in Norwegian have plunged 72%. Carnival tumbled 70% and Royal Caribbean dropped 51.8% while the S&P 500 in general gained 1.3%. No surprise there. You know, the whole COVID thing, people stranded on the cruise ships out of sea. We all saw it on the news. So that had a significant impact um, on cruise line stocks. But Keith Major thinks those stocks are coming back. And we see a little little upswing at the end of the week. So if you didn't get those cruise line stocks, um, there's your chance. Coming up, beat it before the 30th. So what's driving the market? What's driving all this turmoil in the market? Um, Overall, I think the risk from investors is due to us witnessing the decline in equities and the benchmarks um, and people are just kind of skittish, right? You know, the NASDAQ tumbled, um, the VIX, the VIX is uh, a measure of volatility in the market and the VIX stands just below 30 above its long-term average of 20 so there's a lot of volatility in the market and the SIBO volatility index appears relatively tame um, to spikes earlier in the month but that's not enough to get people investing and then don't forget the looming specter is always COVID-19 um you know we've had a sudden surge in cases you know crazy folks out there don't want to wear a mask they don't think it impacts them they just all out there crazy because they think you know all these rules impact their rights and yada 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 cases are rising regardless of what them crazy people think um so investors continue to watch washington Um, For signs of of some type of national plan, something we're going to do to beat down the the flatten the curve with the COVID. And then you also got, you know, Trump wants the stimulus package because the economy is not really taking off like he said it was. The Democrats put forth a two point four trillion dollar aid package. But I seriously doubt, you know, it's going to pass because the Democrats and Republicans have not gotten along 
all this time i don't see that changing anytime soon you know uh and last i read the the democrats and the senate republicans were not that close on what they agreed on um so you got all these cross currents to play which creates a volatility and all this violent turbulence back and forth and so that's where we are right now in the market so let's take another music break and then let's come back with some news
Ladies and gentlemen, it's the news, national news, local news, finance news, sports, gossip, entertainment, all types of news, news you didn't even want to hear about news. Ladies and gentlemen, Keith Major reads the news. So, let's see what we got. Let's see what we got in the news. Stimulus. House Democrats got a $2.4 trillion coronavirus relief bill on the table. That's a trillion dollars less than the previous proposal. Like I said, I don't see it happening because the Democrats and the Republicans refuse to get along and considering that this is almost October and we're inside of 40 days to the election, I don't see it happening. Don't get your hopes up. Jobless claims. Joblessness ticked up to 870,000 last week. Uh, still a stable number, but still very high compared to pre-pandemic levels. The good news, though, the overall number of people receiving unemployment benefits fell to 12.6 million. Um, and that shows that some employers are rehiring. Um, personally, I have no idea how they calculate these numbers. There's all these rules, but joblessness is down. 2020. What a year. In a press conference, President Trump refused to commit to a peaceful transfer of power saying, well, we'll have to see what happens. What kind of statement is that? Like, I've never heard of that. One guy leaves out the back door, the other guy comes in the front door. We've done this, what, like 44 times already with like no incident, but there's always that one guy and that one guy appears to be Donald Trump. So, I have no idea what the Senate and the House are going to do, but they got to come up with something. Wells Fargo CEO Charlie Sharp apologized for a June memo in which Sharp said a very limited talent pool was the reason for the lack of black employees at the bank. 4.1% of Wells Fargo's senior workforce was black in 2018, and that was down from 8% in 2015. Sharf's comment echoed past justifications uh, for the financial industry's abysmal track record with diversity, but critics argue it's a cover-up for insufficient recruiting efforts. Remember, in a previous podcast, I talked about how a lack of diversity does not imply a lack of recruitment. You just didn't try hard enough or you are fishing in the wrong pond. And the same thing happened to the Marine Corps. And I talked about this in one of my previous podcasts. The Marines seem to think they have the problem, same problem, and no, they don't. They're just horrible at recruiting and they don't want to admit it. Mars has dropped the Uncle Ben's brand. You know, we're all trying to get socially and racially conscious, despite a few people in Washington, D.C. The rest of us are actually trying to do the right thing. The food giant will rename the rice product to Ben's 
original, which will retain the aspects of the brand, not linked to racist stereotypes. But my question is, are they still going to keep the old black man on the box? Um, so I need to see the redesign of the box before I make a call on that one. California Governor Gavin Newsom issued an executive order that calls for a ban on the sale of new gasoline-powered cars in the state by 2035. I saw the press conference on TV. looked pretty cool. They had all types of sexy electric cars out there in front of the podium. So I thought that part was nicely done. Um, a few years ago, this would have been pandemonium, but I think all the manufacturers now are lining up electric cars are just the future i think uh, tesla has pretty much led the way and now people are like realizing okay we have to catch up so i'm not surprised that california of all the states did this um and concurrent with that ford released a statement saying it's proud to stand with california noting it's in the process of trying to electrify our most iconic nameplates like the f-150 and the mustang mach e okay the key here is ford made that statement ford stock is not doing that well and if they could make some inroads and some strides in electric vehicles their stock could come back um last time i looked at it it was like seven eight bucks you know the automotive industry averages about 35 40 bucks so you're talking about i mean whew, maybe four or five times the money if they can swing it around so look at taking a chance on ford i did but you know you look at it too um the bottom line is that Governor Newsom's order combined with the 15 countries, because, you know, we used to be part of these multinational, multilateral deals, but not no more. But since we're not anyway, 15 countries adopted similar goals, and it shows that the government um, regulators and automakers are finally lining up and they're going to try to do something with electronic vehicles. Uh, Breonna Taylor. Oh, man. I just, I don't get it, man. I, you know, how many cops got to shoot innocent people before we just finally nationally decide, okay, enough is enough. And this one is pretty bad. So we're back to protesting in the streets and the protests are all over the country in different cities. And once again, what's surprising to me is the diversity in the crowd of the protesters. Um, I'll let you make your own judgment about the attorney general there in Kentucky, but he, in my opinion, is part of the problem. You got to hold these cops accountable. Politicians are now talking about peaceful transfer of power. We've never talked about that before because we've never had to talk about it before. But Donald Trump, I, that guy, I'll give it to you. He will push the envelope just because it's never been done before. Doesn't mean that he's not going to try and do it. And then he's already, we haven't even, I mean, we're just barely casting votes. And he's already made this sweeping declaration that if I lose, it's because they cheated. Oh, man. <sighs> but it didn't go well for El Presidente. Um, 
RBG mourners shouted, vote him out, honor her wish, as Trump got his photo op at the late justice's casket. Um, that didn't turn out too well. And uh, that brings me to my next point. We all saw that Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. She was hanging on, hanging on, giving it the good fight. And we all know why. She's probably taking all her vitamins, eating all her fiber, trying to hang on. But the Lord called her home. And we'll see what they do um, about this justice. Probably going to nominate one because, you know, Republicans are hypocrites. And that's just what they do. And then they're going to act like Mitch McConnell didn't say any of that stuff he said back in 2016 about Merrick Garland, right? At least six teachers have died of COVID-19 since we've tried to open the schools up, right? Six teachers. So we're trying to figure this out, the school thing, sports. I don't see how you can have athletes on campus, but the students not on campus is crazy. My kids are in school. I'm a nervous wreck. Um, the school appears that my kids are at appears to be, you know, doing everything they can to mitigate you know, contagion and virus and all that, but I'm still nervous. So teachers, you know, I will keep all educators in my prayers and I wish there was something else you could do so that you would not have to go to schools if you are not comfortable. But this is why we need to vote, man, because, you know, some places they elect superintendents and school boards too. So all up and down the ballot, let's pay attention. Cindy McCain, Cindy McCain gave Joe Biden a rather sterling endorsement. If you have been under a rock somewhere, Cindy McCain is the widow of the late Republican Senator, Senator John McCain, who was a 2008 presidential nominee. The key to that statement is Republican. So John McCain's widow is endorsing a Democratic presidential candidate, Joe Biden. Whew. Ten years ago, that would be unthinkable. But like I say, these are different times, man. Um, I want a president who has my back on things. And she also tweeted this and said this on uh, Good Morning America. And of course, Trump had to tweet about it. Um, she said that, uh, old Joe is a good and honest man and he will lead us with dignity. Uh, Joe said that he was deeply honored to have her support and her friendship. And he said, together, we will get this done. Sandy McCain endorses Joe Biden. So. That's it for the news, ladies and gentlemen. Let's take another music break. And when we come back, I will give you my stock tips for investors. This is the Keith Major Show.
commentary recorded live in Honolulu Hawaii and now here's your host Keith Major all right all right stock newbies we are back stock newbies so in the first two we were in a building process so in the first two episodes it was you know just basics about the stock market how stock works what a market is and then by the second show, we all should have had some type of app on our phone, maybe scanning some financial news papers and journals. 
Um, and now we're going to talk strategy because now that you have something to trade on, you got to know what to trade. So this is not the end all be all. These are my tips. You can use them. You cannot use them. But let's talk about them. So my first tip, tip number one, is that the stock market rewards knowledge and strategy. The stock market rewards knowledge and strategy. The stock market is not like a nine to five job. You know what I'm saying? On a nine to five job, you get paid to punch the clock and be there. So you kind of get paid based on time and then time translates to money. In the stock market, you get paid for being smart and being knowledgeable. So I encourage you to read and dive in. There's all types of resources out there, but please dive in. So at this point, there's all kinds of financial websites, uh, all types of network finance shows. You know, all the networks got some little, little finance show that comes in between the major segments. Start watching those. There's a lot of online journals. The one that I happen to subscribe subscribe to is called Morning Brew. I think it's pretty good. It's not too technical. Kind of like it's a quick read, lots of pictures, but it gives you an overview and, and lots of like pointers and it keeps your mind in tune to the market. Morning Brew. Just Google it. Uh, I'm sure you'll find it. And then, of course, there's the Bible of Finances, the Wall Street Journal. So. I'm trying to go paperless, so I subscribe uh, electronically to the Wall Street Journal, and then I can log in, and then I'll scan all the major headlines, I'll look at all the finance tips, um, get their projections on the market. Um, very good tool, it is the Wall Street Journal, so look, look for that one too. Tip number two, look for a mentor or group of successful traders who can speed up your education, right? In the neighborhood, we call that getting put on game. So if you're a newbie to stock trading into finance markets, save yourself some trouble and jump in somebody else's hip pocket that's further along to you and get them to put you on game. That's part of what we're doing here, but find you somebody like, you know, you can reach out to all the time and just pick their brain. Ask them questions like, dude, what's this? What's that? How you do this? Like, what does this mean? So that's tip number two. Tip number three. Trade small stocks, also known as penny stocks, not just blue chip stocks. So there's this notion that you got to have a hundred bazillion million dollars to get in the stock market. That's not true. Stocks are all relative. Like one $1,000 stock is the same as 10 $100 stocks, which is the same as $1,001 stocks. The thing that matters is the performance of the stock. So if you can't afford to buy Berkshire Hathaway or Amazon or some of these big money blue chip stocks, that is okay. You don't have to start there. You can start 
Go get you, like I said, we talked about, go get you some Ford stock. Go get you something that you can't afford that you think will increase in value. Just, if you got a lot of money, just get a lot of little stocks. So don't overextend yourself, right? It's a marathon and not a sprint. So use small cap stocks to build your portfolio. And then over time, you will trade bigger and bigger stocks. Tip number four, small gains add up over time. Pennies make dollars. No true words have been spoke. So if you don't make a million dollars on one trade, that is also okay. Hang in there, be consistent, make small choices, and eventually a number of small gains will all add up to a big game. See the big picture, expand your aperture, and look to the horizon, man. So, small gains, they add up over time, right? Because you look at guys like James Harden, there's no 30-point bucket on the court. You got to score 30 points two at a time. Or three, if you're jacking up threes. So, dude, small gains. Tip number five. I personally look at the big movers. I look at the ones um, that had the biggest gains. And I look at the ones that had the big losses. So, you can go on the internet and you can type in... Uh, stock winners and losers or big gainers and uh just different charts you can find well they'll have like these are the top 20 gainers and these are the top the bottom 20 losers i do a lot of shopping on that list um and then this is when you gotta use your network of smart people and do your own research and the key to shopping on that list is trying to explain why the mover moved or the loser lost there's got to be a reason why now if you can find out the reason why that stock moved in whatever direction that it did and then you are comfortable with investing your money because you think let's take the cruise line stocks those stocks at one point like the march april time frame were on the bottom of the list they were big losers but if you did your research, oh, it's because of the COVID, and then we had the travel ban, all of that stuff. So if you can find a logical reason why a stock moved one way or the other, I would strongly consider investing in that particular stock. Because whenever there's movement, plus or minus, there's an opportunity to make money. Um, tip number six. You do not have to trade every day. You don't have to do it every day. For some of us, it's not a full-time job. You know, some of us are using our piggy bank money to do this, and the piggy bank ain't full every day. Or, like, you've got something else going on, and you're taking a break, and you're not watching the market every day. That's okay. You can do it in spurts. Not spending your money is never a bad thing. It's okay just to sit on your money. Don't feel bad. Don't feel like you got to do it every day. You got to make trades every day. You don't. Go at your own pace. Tip number seven. I personally never sweat catching the exact bottom 
or catching the exact tippy top. Let me say that again. I don't freak out if I don't actually hit rock bottom on a stock price and I don't freak out and panic if I didn't sell at the at the highest point. Just be patient. Don't panic. No emotional decisions. Keith Major, I normally wait three days. I normally, if I something catches my eye, I wait three days before I decide. And then I'm going to see what that stock does in the three days, 72 hours, and then I'll make a decision from there. Um, so it's okay if you didn't, if the stock bottomed out at $20, it's okay if you bought it at $20.50. It's okay. Great example, Boeing stock. Boeing stock went from like $350 down to $98. I bought some at like $150. Bucks. I didn't panic. Okay, I didn't get it at $98. But I also didn't buy it at $350 either. So, look at the big picture. Tip number eight. Losses aren't bad if you can contain them and learn from them. To be a successful stock picker, I think you got to be at least 70%. 7 out of 10. If you can pick 7 winners out of 10 tries, you'll be okay. You're going to pick 3 dogs. That's okay. If, if you can just maintain a ratio of 7 to 3, you'll be fine. But that 3... Just don't make them a big three, right? Don't don't ride them too hard. Don't put too much money in, um, and then you'll be okay. And then figure out, and this is important, why the loser lost. And then also you should figure out why the winners win, and we'll get to that later because that's actually another one of my tips. Tip number nine, though, is cut losses quickly. When you realize the dog is a dog, eh. Don't be all emotionally attached. Cut that sucker loose. Get rid of it. Take you a small loss. Get you some clean eggs and dry your tears and keep it moving. Don't linger and don't watch the stock just nosedive into the dirt. Like, cut your losses. Cut and run. You got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Tip number 10. Avoid FOMO at all costs. FOMO is the fear of missing out. You got some people that see some dude on TV hyping up some stock. Oh, and they got to have it. No, you don't have to have it. Or you in an investment group and all your boys investing in the stock. No, you ain't got to invest in that one either. Do your own homework and figure out your own stuff. Right? Don't follow the crowd. Just make your own decisions and it's okay to miss out. I've missed plenty of IPOs. Um, I missed some stocks that took off. Um, like, uh, I'll give you an example. I missed the IPO for Beyond Meat. Totally missed it. And by the time I had Beyond Meat on my radar, the stock price had already skyrocketed. But instead of overpaying for a stock, I said, hey, I missed it. Right? That ship has done sale. I'm on to the next thing. That's okay. Tip number 11, use a trading journal. This goes back to keeping track of your wins and losses. Keep a journal so that you can figure out the stock picks that I made that were successful. Why were they successful? 
and the ones that were absolute bombs, why did they bomb? Keep track of that. And as you get more and more experience and you make more and more stock trades, you have a, a body of work to help you make smarter decisions overall. So you can actually keep a notebook. You can keep a Word document, uh, Excel spreadsheet. There's even websites that you can go to that will keep track of your picks for you. But I definitely suggest you keep track of your stock picks. Um, so keep that journal. Tip number 12, stock trading tools help dramatically. You don't have to do it with pencil and, and paper. Um, there's all types of tools to help you be smarter. And I suggest you like look at them all, figure out when's, which ones work for you and use those. There's all types of stock picker tools. If you wanna like, you know, if you're not comfortable picking stocks and you're still not sure what all the numbers mean, um, then get a stock picker and then figure out why they pick the stocks and like what all the verbiage means and then wean yourself off the stock picker and eventually get to the point where you can pick your own stocks and I'll give you a couple of them um, these are some major ones Motley Fool Stock Advisor that's a big one you can google them and they'll give you all types of analysis and what they think are the hot uh, stock picks um, two trade ideas google them three warrior trading and four investors underground um, my tool of choice is Ameritrade um, and Ameritrade has a lot of market analysis baked into it so although Ameritrade is on the more expensive end of the stock platforms, there's a lot of stuff that you get included and that is one of them. And then don't forget Wall Street Journal. It uh, might be worth your while to spend a few coins and subscribe to the Wall Street Journal online and then you can see what the hype is all about with the Wall Street Journal. Tip number 13, never ever follow anyone else's stock alerts not even mine do your own homework get your own stock alerts this is how some people do right let's say because when you get in your app you can like set up all these auto trades and do all this gucci stuff if then um when why and it's all linked together and it's just running on autopilot right you got like if this stock gets to this price and that stock gets to that price and right i want to do a limit stop order of this and then you can set it up and it's like literally these multi-action trades that happen automatically and you can do this all from your smartphone so what some people do because they're lazy they will get that person's stock trades and copy and paste them and use those um without really understanding what those trades are doing so please don't do it that way because you will get yourself in a lot of trouble. This goes back to the, the previous tip. The better thing to do would be to get in that guy's hip pocket and get him to teach you why he's doing the things that he does. But don't just copy and paste. It never works. And then you lose a bunch of money and then you'll be mad. And then you just be mad and broke. So do your own work. And then uh, my last stock tip is keep it simple. 
Keep it simple, right? Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Keep it simple, man. Kiss. A lot of people will pick apart my strategies and look down on my strategies and they'll laugh because I'm trading these little penny stocks and, and all this other stuff. I don't really care what they look down on because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is who's stacking the most paper. Simple works for me. Um, you got all these people. You know, I hear with these crazy advanced indicators with RSI and Bollinger Bands and Fibonacci retracement. Look, man, if that stuff don't mean nothing to you, if you if that don't even if it sounds like Greek, don't use it. Keep it simple, man. Keep it simple until you get the knowledge on board to venture out doing some faster stuff. So those are my tips, my stock strategy tips for beginners. Um, even even if you pass beginners, I'll still give you those tips. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a break. And then we're going to come back with the last segment. And we're going to talk about IPOs. And then I'm going to give you two stocks to look at. So, thank you for listening in to the Keith Major Show. And I'll see you in a minute. You're listening to The Keith Major Show, a podcast, news, sports, finance, current events, and political commentary. Recorded live in Honolulu, Hawaii. And now, here's your host, Keith Major. Okay, welcome back to the Keith Major Show. Okay, let's talk about IPOs right quick. What is an IPO? An initial public offering. An IPO refers to the process of offering shares of a private company to the public in a new stock issuance. Public share issuance allows a company to raise capital from public investors. The transition from a private to a public company can be an important time for private investors to fully realize gains from their initial investments as it typically includes share premiums for current private investors. Meanwhile, and this is the important part, it also allows public investors to participate in the offering. So here are some key takeaways with IPOs. Companies must meet requirements by exchanges and the Security and Exchange Commission to hold an IPO. Um, and they do that through uh, filing an S-1 with the SEC. And then that's how they notify everyone. And that's what starts um, the ball in motion. IPOs provide companies with an opportunity to obtain capital by offering shares through the primary market. Companies hire investment banks to market gauge demand, set the IPO price and date, and all the finer details. Um, so that's normally your big Wall Street banks that handle that. Uh, and an IPO can be seen as an extra strategy for company founders and early investors. So if you have someone that started a company, 
um, and the company grew and grew and grew and they're ready to walk away from the company, one of the things that enables them to walk away is an IPO and then a private company will go public. They will sell shares. The initial investors will cash out and then they're off into the sunset. So there are two IPOs that we're going to talk about. One of them happened on Wednesday, Wednesday, I think, right, of, of this past week. And that company is called GoodRx, which is a prescription drug pricing app. Um, and they went public on Wednesday, and they are trading on the NASDAQ under the ticker GDRX, Golf Delta Romeo X-Ray. They opened at $46 a share. Well above their expected $33 IPO price. So they went through a bank. The bank estimated that the IPO price would be $33 and their opening price exceeded that. Um, and if you follow them the end of the week, they went up 53% for a market cap of $19.4 billion. So what does GoodRx actually do? You guys know how medications sometimes cost six bucks, but other times, you know what I'm saying, there might be some other medications that's like $8,000, like the dude, the crazy dude that went up on the drugs, I can't remember his name, that guy, right? So GoodRx wants to help consumers buy drugs at reasonable prices by offering coupons. Um... So they're basically like the Amazon of drugs is what they're they're trying to be. You can go to Amazon and buy products, but GoodRx wants you to come to their website and buy drugs. And whoever's got the drug at the price you're willing to pay, you get it that way. So this is new, and they're they're trying to innovate and do a new thing. Um, the bulk of their revenue came from advertising. But now that they have grown slightly bigger, they want to diversify and they want to make money in some other things. Um, so their goal was to raise uh, $900 million in the issuance of Class A common stock. I'm not sure. I can go check to see how much money they actually made. But go in your, your uh, brokerage app and look up GoodRx. And see if that is something um, you are willing um, to invest in because they're trading, I think, uh, 46 bucks. Eh, not too bad. It's like medium, medium to low, medium size stock, right? So according to IBIS World, all business majors know IBIS World. I think accounting and Mac guys too. IBIS World does like uh, market research, right? They're like the gold standard. So according to Ibis World, the U.S. pharmacy and drugstore market is estimated at $312 billion in value in 2020. Um, this amount will represent 3.3% of growth over the previous year, and they're projecting 1.6% um, growth in out years. The main driver for this growth is the aging population. Baby boomers and greatest generation, they're dropping like flies right now. 
Um, so as the as America ages, there's more and more need for drugs. And so that's where the growth comes from. The next IPO is a company called Palantir Technologies. Um, Palantir Technologies have told investors that their shares could start trading as low as $10, um, which would value the data mining company at almost $22 billion. Um, Dow Jones reports that Palantir is planning to go public on September 30th. That's next week. So over the weekend, let's do some research to figure out if we want to jump on this IPO. You get on an IPO, you're at the ground level. You can wait just like you're waiting for concert tickets on the first day. And you can jump right on the stock as soon as it's offered to the public. And then you can just watch the hype meter and you can make you some quick money that way. Um, Palantir is a company that I actually know because I have uh, worked with them. Palantir is a big data company and they are a database of databases. So I'll tell you when you might have seen them. Like, you know how you go to the airport and you go to customs and they scan your passport or type your passport number in and all this information comes up? All that information is in a database and that database may not be, but could be a database like Palantir. There's only like a handful of companies that do this kind of stuff. When you get pulled over on the highway by the state trooper, and he takes your driver's license back to the car and types your driver's license number in the computer in his car and your whole driving record comes up. Your driving record is contained in a database and that database is this software or this company, Palantir. So they are a database of databases. When I was doing government work, we used them a lot uh, to collect data for things that we did in the government. So, let's talk about this. I will research and share my work with you guys so that perhaps we'll get on our first IPO. So, Palantir, um, Google them. You can Google the S1 that they filed. That'll be out there. That's public uh, record. That went to the Security and Exchange Commission. Um, go on their corporate website, read all, read all about their products. But the pitch that I will give you is this. Big data is the new oil. Big data and cloud computing is the future. Um, and so I truly believe that Palantir will have a foothold and they're getting out in front and they're trying to grow their company. Um, so I am strongly going to look at Palantir as well as GoodRx and you should too. And then next time, let's talk about who invested what, like, you know, what we decided. And then we'll talk some more. So send me your questions um people have have sent me recommendations for episodes um but at some point we're going to transition out of talking about finance because 2020 is such a crazy year and there's so much going on that there's just so much to talk about and so we got to talk about it plus there's an election coming up and i am adamant that we must all be educated voters don't be like them other guys, because they're low information voters. That's not us. We're going to have all the information, so let's talk about what the issues are, both upstream and downstream on the ballot. You see what happens when you vote for the wrong district or state attorney. 
So let's not do it. Um, let's be smart about who we vote for. I can't tell you who to vote for, but I can tell you to be smart about it. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Keith Major Show. Sorry for the long break, but I will see you next time. And I'm out of here. People know straight from Hawaii for all you need for sure. For news and local events, music and much more. With the Keith Major Show, we give you so much more. Keith Major Show. Keith Major Show. Keith Major Show. Keith Major Show. Keith Major Show.